0: From the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago, I'm Gwen Maxey, and this is Resound. Resound is a remix. Of music, documentaries, found sound, sound bites, and sonic news bulletins we find all over the world. We listen to everything we can get our ears on, then bring you the best of what we hear each week.
1: From the mountains to the valleys, a skyscraper mass of metal and glass, a gracious and dignified what up to you. I'm Scoop Nemeth, and this is episode two of the Scoop Nemeth Show.
0: Meet Brian Scoop Nemeth, elocutionist extraordinaire, clothing designer, and aspiring anchorman.
1: Todd, Brianna, welcome. That was inspired by the classic news anchor openings. Roger Grimsby, W.A.B.C. New York in the 70s and 80s. Good evening, I'm Roger Grimsby, here Now the News.
0: We first learned about Scoop from Noel Black and Jake Brownell, producers of the podcast Wish We Were Here, tales and investigations from the shadows of America's Mountain, out of KRCC in Colorado Springs. We all kind of fell for Scoop, but ReSound producer Dennis Funk fell the hardest
2: in every small town or neighborhood there are these eccentric characters, kinda like Scoop, who we all know and I think that makes this story pretty universal. Um, But at the same time those types of people are often laughed at or not taken seriously, but this piece takes Scoop so seriously and challenges uh, the conventional expectations of people with disabilities and that's why I think it's an important story.
1: I've always wanted to be a newscaster ever since I was a little kid. I played Anchorman when I was a little kid. When I was at Buena Vista Elementary, the Channel 5 Eyewitness News team did a story on Buena Vista Elementary. Don't know what the story was about. And the thrill of the field camera crew seeing those video cameras Pointing the camera at me as well as all the others. That right there.
0: On this hour of ReSound, we bring you Anchor Dreams, the passion of Scoop Nemeth, as told by Noel Black and Jake Brownell. You may notice that they sound alike, so here's a preview. Jake. I'm Jake Brownell. And Noel. And I'm Noel Black. And now, on with the show. Just a note, this program contains some strong language and adult themes.
2: If you spent any time in downtown Colorado Springs in the first decade of the 2000s, you likely encountered Brian Nemeth, a young African-American man with square glasses, a mustache or goatee, white tennis shoes, tight-fitting blue jeans, a tie, and a blazer. Often he'd be wearing a backpack. If he'd met you once, he'd remember your name. If he didn't know your name, he'd say, I've seen you around here, haven't I?
3: He'd shake your hand with just the tips of his fingers, then reach into his bag and pull out his latest poem, story, or opinion piece. They were printed on plain white paper in Times New Roman font. He always said he was selling them to raise money for school
4: supplies. Oh, it's it's a nice Word document. It's stapled, and the actual copy that I have here has copies of the staples as he was copying it still in there. So, Cop- yes. Copies of copies.
2: Yeah, it's and it's great stuff. That's Brad Bisby. He went to high school with Brian. He was also a regular customer and he kept all the writings he ever bought. I have no clue what is in this pile of stuff, but it's probably near
4: 200 pieces that Brian had written, all of which I paid for.
3: Brian would charge anywhere between a dollar for a poem and up to $10 for an audio or video recording he'd burned to CD. Most presumed it was at least partly a hustle, but it didn't really matter, because many people wanted to support Brian, and his writing had a lot of fans. There was something wildly original and candid about his poems.
1: In a speedy, turbo-red Porsche convertible, riding along the highway in one part of the con- America somewhere, going really, really fast and not having a care, in a speedy turbo red porsche convertible being behind the wheel feeling the wind across the face revving up the turbo engine and listening to music in mp3 and riding with the top down and feeling the need for speed and flying so carefree in a speedy turbo red porsche convertible a pretty hot woman riding shotgun one arm across the driver's shoulders and the man caress and the man's hand caressing her thigh, her long beautiful hair blowing across the wind, and her pretty eyes as the clear blue sky romancing and falling in love and the spirits running high in a speedy turbo red Porsche convertible.
2: It was in this light that many people came to know Brian, as a character, a fixture of the downtown scene, like characters and fixtures in other downtown scenes across America. Individuals who don't quite fit in, but endear themselves to the regulars, who, in turn, look out for them. For
3: years, Brian told anyone who would listen about his interest in broadcast journalism, his studies, his dreams of becoming a national TV news anchor or reporter. His dream, he'd say, was to become the Black Bill O'Reilly, no one really knew what to think of his career goals, but then one day, after spending almost ten years working toward his associate's degree at Pikes Peak Community College, he graduated.
5: <laughs>
1: Scoop Nemeth, class of 2010 graduate. It feels really good, but there's but. There's Metro State College of Denver coming my way and a bachelor's degree to go for, so I'm not done yet.
3: I should say here that I used to publish Brian's poems and opinion pieces in a couple of small local newspapers that I ran in the mid 2000s. I paid him what I paid everyone else, which wasn't much. Like many others, I was shocked when he graduated and announced his plans to move to Denver. He seemed to belong to Colorado Springs and vice versa. What would he do in a city where people might not understand his belligerent nasal sales pitch and occasional sudden outbursts? Brian had told me that he had Asperger's syndrome, known more commonly now as high-functioning autism. I also knew that he received SSI, a meager disability income. Like many people at the time, I wondered where he would live, who would look out for him. What if he got beat up or worse? Here's Brad Bisbee again.
4: I just remember thinking like, whoa, that's so crazy for him to have the guts. To go to Denver solo and go meet this whole new group of people where no
2: one is going to know him, I really was afraid he would get himself in trouble. It's been almost four years since Brian moved to Denver. We drove up to see how he's doing.
0: I'll be right with you.
1: Great, you. Uh-huh. Hi, Noel. Hey, Brian. Welcome to Denver Open Media. Hey, Thank Brian. I'm this, is, this is Noel Black. I uh, when I that's used to live rain. in Colorado, when I used to live in Colorado Springs, he he was the editor of the Newspeak newspaper, and he and I was his regular contributor every month. Well,
0: that's great.
2: Yeah. Denver Open Media is a public access media lab where people can rent and use state of the art broadcast equipment. Brian, who now prefers to go by the nickname Scoop, greets us wearing his signature glasses and high waisted blue jeans. He's replaced his trademark white tennis shoes with a pair of well-shined cowboy boots. He's also added a blue and orange Denver Broncos tie and an electric orange blazer with an iron-on Broncos patch affixed to the left breast pocket.
1: Did you design that jacket yourself? I bought the blazer and the iron-on patch online at blazerdepot.com, and the iron-on patch on Etsy, and I ironed a patch on myself.
3: He's put on a little weight. The hef that finds many men as they approach middle age. But he looks good. It's his birthday today. He's 34.
1: This here's the control room of Studio A. What we got here is broadcast Pix, which is a digital control room. It's not like what you see back then with all these big-ass monitors and all that stuff. It's a computerized control room. This is nice. Do you know how to work all of this? Yes, I do know how to work all that.
3: As he shows us around Denver Open Media, it's hard not to notice that Brian is doing exactly what he said he'd
2: be doing at his graduation four years earlier. He's taking classes at Metro State College. They're all online this semester, but he does them in the morning. Then, after lunch, he spends his free time at Denver Open Media, producing videos and honing the skills he'll need in order to one day get a job in TV news.
3: We end the tour in a small TV studio with bright green walls and a little high top table with three chairs in the middle. Brian ducks into the control room and shows us his skills with the lighting, the three remote cameras, and the green screen technology.
1: You see how the green screen works? Mm-hmm. That's
2: crazy. Can you describe the, uh, the background that you've put up there? Well, that's the 16th Street Mall. All lit up like Christmas. Yeah. This is the studio where he shoots all his shows, which he hosts, films, and edits himself.
1: Tonight, we talk about legalization of marijuana and how it's going to be widespread all across the country. Miguel Lopez is the chief organizer of the 420
2: Movement. Miguel, welcome.
1: Thank you, Scoop. Take me through the step by
2: step. So when you record your uh, Scoop Nemeth show, do you have somebody back in here working the board and stuff? Well,
1: I, I only do it with the iPad that has cast pics where I do it myself. I'm the control room on the set. Nice. It's kind of like a one-man band. Yep, a one-man band, yep.
3: Who's the first anchor person that you remember?
1: The first anchor person I remember was the late Peter Jennings. And the and Tom Brokaw, and they were anchoring the news in the news set with the newsroom in the background, and remembering Dan Rather and the news center K K T V news center eleven team of Sandra Mann and Hal Kennedy. So were they some of your first heroes? They were some of my first heroes. Yep.
3: Scoop was born and raised in Colorado Springs where he lived in a small apartment with the woman he calls his birth mother. From a young age, he liked to play anchorman and he fantasized about being a newscaster. But beyond these details, he doesn't like to talk about his early years much.
1: I had a rough childhood growing up. Like, I'd rather it would be much, it would be much better if I sent you an email where I'd gone deep with myself. Do you mind if I... It would be great for us if we could talk to
3: you
2: on tape. Would you mind giving it a shot? We can be patient. I mean, I don't want to... I'll
1: be right back. Okay. will print it out.
2: Scoop leaves the room abruptly, then returns a few minutes later with two and a half by 11 printouts that look like many of his other writings. It's a bullet-pointed list of grim details about his early life. We should say here that Scoop asked us not to contact his parents. We chose to honor that wish. As such... We were unable to independently verify any of his claims about this period in his life, and we can't repeat them. Suffice it to say, as Scoop remembers it, life with his birth mother was far from pleasant. It was the news that was always there for him, and along with his autism
3: came savant abilities, which afforded him a prodigious memory for news trivia.
1: While one group of people collects comic books, and another group of people collects sci-fi stuff like Star Wars and Star Trek, I'm a different kind of geek that's all about television news. Call letters, anchor teams, theme music, production elements.
3: Can you name maybe just all the people um, and the call letters in Denver for
1: us? Kyle Clark, Kim Christensen, Adele Arakawa, KUSA, NBC9 News, number one. Number two, Eric Connert, and Traheel, KMGH, ABC7 News, number two. Number three, Jim Beneman Karen Lee, KCNC CBS 4.
2: According to Scoop, it was as a Number 10th grader four. at Palmer High School in Colorado Springs that his abiding love of TV journalism began to morph into something like a professional ambition.
1: I didn't do anything about a career choice till my sophomore year of high school when I was sold on the idea I can make more money with a college degree. And another, my mom, she never graduated from, from high school, nor did she go on to college. I'm the first in the family to do so.
2: Soon after graduating from high school, Scoop enrolled in classes at Pikes Peak Community College in Colorado Springs, where he started studying journalism. He moved out of his mom's apartment and into his own place, he reconnected with his father, who helped him get on SSI, and who encouraged him to start earning some money and saving up for his future. It was also around this time that he started writing and selling his poems. When did you start uh, selling your writing? How old were you? Like, I was
1: t- 21 years old. Actually, 22 years old. and I start, began selling my writings up and down Tejon in 2003.
3: When did you know that you liked to write, that you were a good writer? Because you started off selling poems, right?
1: Yep, I started off selling poems. And after, I'm ta- after I took a literacy, literature, literature class, learned about various poetry writing styles. And I've taken that and bettered my poetry writing.
3: Scoop's poems, many of which were erotic fantasies, became big sellers on the street.
1: Car and body wash. There is a hot but dirty convertible parked in front with dirt and grime sideways back in front. The couple has made a combo of cooling off and enjoying the sun so they can make that chore fun. She is with her hunky boy toy, and he is in his beatos. She is wearing her polka dot for bikini, ...for him to enjoy. She is spraying him with the hose... The
2: sometimes explicit nature of poems like these occasionally got him into trouble. Many women, especially those who didn't know him, were often offended. But for Scoop, the poems were a way to channel his desires into something productive, and he was proud of them.
1: I never, I never gotten laid in my life, nor have I gotten my first kiss. When I turned 21, I did look at Playboy... And I did look at softcore on Cinemax, Showtime, and enticed by the sexual images, I thought I'd t- take that and combine it with poetry writing styles like villanelle and an A B A B sonnet, and com- combine those two together and help help perverts like myself pull their heads away from the playboys for a while and start looking at reading literature word for word and paint a picture in their heads.
3: Have you had women tell you that they're offended by your poems at all, like that they feel like they're either objectifying
1: or, um, you know, just lewd? One group of women like my poetry, another one group likes it, other groups don't. Small price to pay for being a creative badass.
2: When we return to Denver a few weeks after Scoop's birthday, it's clear that any fears people might have had about his move from Colorado Springs to Denver are wholly unfounded. He's invited us to meet him at the Mariposa, a high-rise apartment building near the Arts District southeast of downtown Denver. It's a brand new building with views of the Rockies to the west, and the Denver skyline to the east. The economy in Denver is booming, there are cranes everywhere, and another building is under construction right across the street.
1: When I go, when I get out of my apartment, and I need to go places, including the school, there's a light rail station right in front of my apartment complex. Nice. There's a the light rail. Oh, nice.
2: This is convenient.
1: Yeah.
3: Some of the apartments in the building are subsidized, and there are services here for residents with disabilities.
1: Now, what you're about, you're about to enter my apartment.
2: Look. Oh, wow, that's a
1: great view. I get this hot in here? Well, it's the winter time. Well, it's the winter time. It gets cold at night. You want me to turn it down just a little bit? No, no, no. All
2: right. Scoop keeps his thermostat set at at a balmy 86 degrees. The apartment is messy but clean and sparsely furnished. There's a spectacular view of downtown Denver. For
1: a view like that, you normally pay like a thousand to two thousand a month for rent. But this is a month. This is a low-income apartment community, and my rent is based on my monthly income. I pay two hundred ten dollars a month with free utilities.
6: Wow!
2: Yeah, you can see the Golden Dome of the Capitol over there. Yep.
3: Since moving to Denver, Scoop has managed not only to find an incredible place to live, but he's found a school where he can study, a media lab where he can work on video projects, and a few local shops where he likes to hang out in his spare time. He's got a new routine, which, surprisingly, doesn't include writing or selling poetry anymore.
1: I'm not right, I'm not right, I am writing, just business, just business plans.
2: Why'd you uh, stop writing poetry? I just did.
3: I don't think a lot of people in Denver here really know you as a writer.
1: I don't... they... nope, they don't.
2: Has that been a conscious thing at all, like you just didn't want to be
1: seen as a writer? Because I hate getting hit with rejections, like, No thank you, I'm not interested. No thanks, I think I'll pass.
2: In place of poetry, Scoop has taken up a new set of creative pursuits, once more in line with his dream of one day becoming a newscaster. Before moving to Denver, Scoop's journalistic output was largely limited to interviews on the student radio station or the occasional video made for a school project. Now he's able to spend almost all of his free time producing videos at Denver Open Media.
3: He's learned to use the studio's cameras and editing software to produce a whole range of video content. There's A the Scoop Nemeth Show.
1: Identified. What up to you? I'm Scoop Nemeth, and this is episode two of the Scoop Nemeth Show.
3: There's Getting Deep with Scoop Nemeth.
1: All right, let's 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 roll on camera two. Let's start the show. Okay. Joining us today is the Art of Acting Out's front man, Cody Derman, who plays Phil Collins. Cody, welcome to Getting Deep with Scoop Nemeth. Good to
7: be here, Scoop.
3: Headline This.
1: I'm Scoop Nemeth and this is the first edition of Headline This here on Colorado Entertainment Showcase. Both
3: The South Stands Denver Sports Minute.
1: Welcome to Episode 6 of the South Stands Denver Sports Minute. Last Wednesday was a total blast at Sports Authority Field at Mile High. The Denver Outlaws opened up a fresh can of whoop-ass against the As Ohio
3: well Michigan. as assorted other standalone feature reports and stories
2: that Scoop has produced. In all of these videos, Scoop shows his talent for the conventions of broadcast journalism. He can write a catchy lead, introduce a guest, conduct a professional interview, and if you watch his videos, he uses the cameras and sets to great effect and has no problem editing footage into a clean and well-organized segment.
3: But what made Scoop such a compelling writer is also what makes him a fascinating on-camera presence. He's only interested in sticking to the conventions for so long. Then, all bets are off and things get interesting. Here's a report he produced about Occupy Wall Street demonstrations in 2012.
1: Every Saturday, the Occupy Denver demonstrators hold weekly marches tackling each issue. Last Saturday, the demonstrators had both a teach-in panel at Civic Center Park Amphitheater, and then a march around downtown. This panel in March was all about giving immigrants the right to a better life here in the good old U.S. of A. However, the 1% are yanking away those rights from foreigners of whom want to come to America For a better life.
3: Scoop's lack of a culturally normed self-censorship filter can make for some genuinely surprising and sometimes hilarious moments. However, in these moments, it can be difficult to tell if you're laughing at yourself, with Scoop, or at him. Jake and I are laughing because you're funny. Um, And a lot of people find your poems really funny. Um, Do you intend them to be funny?
1: I do intend them to be funny. Like, another thing that's funny is... For my T-shirts, Republicans say tomato, Democrats say tomato. Back of the T-shirt, middle finger, I say <laughs> You'll bleep it out, right? Oh yeah, we can bleep it.
3: Um, so, I, I mean, what, I guess what I'm getting at, Brian, is in other words, like, does, did it ever bother you if you had written maybe a serious poem and people found it funny? Did it bother you at all?
1: Didn't bother me one bit. If they laughed, So be it.
2: The question of whether you're laughing with Scoop or at him, whether you're reacting to his work in the way that he intended, is one that many of Scoop's fans have asked themselves. Here's Jeff Klaus, a longtime supporter of Scoop and his writing, who used to work in downtown Colorado Springs. He's releasing
5: this to the public. He knows, and he wants everyone to read it. So he's fully aware of what he's putting out there. I don't feel there is any exploitation in reproducing his stuff, sharing it, or whatsoever, um,
3: he's human. His old friends from high school, Brad and Alec, have a similar sense, that even if Scoop's own sense of humor doesn't always come through, he knows that he's funny, or that people find him funny, and he enjoys it.
4: But one time I remember he came in, he drank a bunch out of this cup, and he, he burped, like, probably the loudest burp that I ever heard in my life, honestly. And he, he just, and then he went, excuse me. And everybody stopped, you know, and looked at him, and then he walked outside. Well, I posted it on Facebook. I said, Brian Nemeth just walked in to Boulder Street Coffee, burped louder than I ever heard in my life, and then turned around and said, excuse me, and walked out the door. And the first person that liked that status on Facebook was Brian Nemeth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) While vulgarity and sudden obscene outbursts have long been a known facet of Scoop's public persona, it's something that he's able to keep in check when the situation calls for it.
1: Today, a Colorado State Senate committee voted unanimously on an industrial hemp bill to to be sent to the Senate floor. Meanwhile, also in Denver... Marijuana activists are busy scheduling the largest 420 rally in the world. Simultaneously, High Times is putting on a cannabis cup here in Denver, both which will take place as scheduled April 20th.
3: But most of the time he seems at home on the more colorful end of the vernacular spectrum. You may want to cover your ears here for a minute.
1: Welcome to Episode 2 of the South Stands Denver Sports Minute. The Rockies' preseason started out in March, and it was real super. However, May turned out to be a mammoth cluster Overall, with the Rockies being eight wins behind this season, It's like they're feeding us a bad, tainted Mexican combo platter, which makes us suffer from the green apple splatters afterwards.
2: Many of Scoop's fans like this part of his shtick, and Scoop seems to like to deliver news in this manner, which he describes as, quote, no holds barred. But again, this raises questions about Scoop's ambitions, and whether or not what he's known for is what he wants to be known for. As with his poetry, the appeal of Scoop's delivery, peppered with foul language, is its divergence from the kind of button-down, scripted delivery of the networks. Scoop becomes an antidote, a kind of Howard Beale figure, from the infamous and prophetic 1976 send-up of corporate news and its unending quest for ratings.
7: I want you to get up right now! Get up, go to your windows, open them, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Things have got to change! How many stations does this You've get actually. mad! You say, I, I know it goes to Louisville and Atlanta.
2: But for Scoop, there's a fundamental tension between his current status as a straight-talking outsider and his stated goal of becoming a serious TV personality. When you ask him about his career aspirations, He'll usually tell you something along these lines. Is is there a certain type of topic that you like to focus on when you're uh, putting together a news feature or a, a piece for your
1: show? I mainly stay away from entertainment and soft news crap. I'm more hard news, like Dan Rather.
2: Or this. And what is it that you most want? Like, what is it that you, if you could have anything, what would it be in terms of your career?
1: My own network evening newscast on the Fox network, do it at 10.30pm, 9.30 central, and do it out of the Fox News Channel in New York.
3: But when you think of Dan Rather, or the evening newscast on Fox, you don't think of profanity-laced monologues, vulgar asides, or erotic poetry. In many ways, Scoop has built his following and his reputation around work that runs counter to his stated goals.
5: I like the way he puts the stories out uh, just in reality. I mean, it's just yep. raw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind
2: of unfiltered.
3: Unfiltered and raw. That's what we love yeah. about Scoop. So. Yep.
2: That's Damon McIntyre, who works in Scoop's apartment building. He echoes the sentiment of many people who love Scoop's unconventional take on things. And Scoop himself seems to enjoy delivering information in unconventional ways. Yet, he aspires to the most conventional sort of fame and success. It's a paradox about which Scoop seems simultaneously concerned and indifferent. In the following conversation, Scoop, Noel, and I are talking about a book of Scoop's poems that Noel has volunteered to help publish so that Scoop can sell it and raise money like he used to. Again, not many people in Denver know Scoop for his poetry. Do you worry at all that your, your poetry and your writings and stuff would, uh, you know, have like a detrimental effect on your ability to get a job in news? Yeah. You do? I think so. Let's
1: just leave it alone, okay? Just publish the book of poetry.
3: On one hand, he says he's nervous about the effect that his poetry might have on his job prospects. On the other hand, he wants to publish the book of poems so that he can sell it to passers-by in Denver's Santa Fe Arts District during First Fridays. At the end of the day, it might come down to a relatively simple dilemma. While he still clings to and works toward his long-term career goals, he must contend with his more pressing, near-term need for money. His poetry sells, so, if need be,
2: he'll sell it. Money is a big concern for Scoop. Though his rent is subsidized and he receives enough each month from SSI to fund his basic needs... He wants one day to be financially independent. And on top of that, he's approaching his last semester of eligibility for student loans, meaning soon he'll have to come up with an additional 2500 bucks per semester to pay his way through school.
1: It's a stereotype for people like me with mental disabilities can't hold down a job and unable to support themselves and have to rely on SSI, food stamps, student loans, and other government assistance. I want to break that stereotype and be able to show them that I can be able to pay for school on my own. I can be able to afford apartment and support myself on my own.
3: However, Scoop hasn't had much luck finding straight jobs in the past.
1: I've stopped applying for jobs. Full, since like last year, I've stopped applying for jobs because didn't, ha- didn't get a call back from the Brown Palace Hotel. I, the job was already filled for a part-time web content producer at CW2 and Fox 31. I tried other places... And I've even applied for a job at the Goodwill store. I did have a job interview in the summer 2014, but I didn't get the job.
2: Instead, he's pursuing a decidedly less traditional route to financial independence. Ladies,
1: how would you like to go from home to gym to pool and beyond in the same garment. Is there a need for all round, multi purpose garments that makes women's lives easier? Yes and yes. But I'm sure you're wondering who could make such a statement like that? Hi, I'm Scoop Nemeth. How will my new business be different from any other clothing store? For starters, I want to create something special for each customer. Here's how I'm gonna do it. First, I want to address my customer's need with a fun, well-made, and multi-purpose garment. A garment that not only serves a woman's everyday needs, but that same garment can dress up a woman before, during, and after maternity.
3: Designing Executive women's activewear has also been one of Scoop's longtime so powerful, dreams. Again, no one thought of it as anything more than a fantasy, but touring his apartment in Denver, it's obvious that he's hard at work making this dream a reality. So Brian, I so you got your patterns here for your swimsuits.
1: Yeah. What are these, Brian? Those are stretch chamois pads, like you see in bike shorts. But I'm using it as middle layer in between the white color wickaway fabric and swimwear fabric. So that a woman doesn't have a riding up feeling anymore.
2: While taking a class on entrepreneurship, Scoop managed, as he always does, to find a group of people to help him out. He's manufactured prototypes, created a marketing plan launched an Indiegogo campaign. He's also found women to model his combination swimsuit and workout attire. There's a two-piece called the Two in One Durkini. And then there's the original Wonderkini, which looks like a one-piece women's swimsuit with a circle cut out around the abdomen.
7: I think the concept of this suit is very different than what you find generally in the market. Uh, You don't usually see ventilation uh, in the front and in the back for one piece. And that's something I think women will take to and be able to use.
3: This is audio from a Wonderkini promotional video featuring Shannon Altner. She's an actor and an employee at Denver Open Media.
7: When I first met Scoop, he immediately came up to me, introduced himself, told me about all the wonderful things he does, like the uh, the Wonderkini that he produces, as well as his journalism work here. And yeah, he's just like a force to be reckoned with. I have to say, he's so uh, forward and positive, and you know, really, I think an intricate part of our community here. I really enjoy his energy, and I'm trying to root him on, and also being honest with him about you know where he wants to go and what he wants to do, and how to make this uh, process of you know his wonder Kini, for example, like go over well, uh, which sometimes is the hard truth too.
2: One of those hard truths is that Brian hasn't been able to raise any money. His Indiegogo campaign to raise seventy-five thousand dollars to finance and market the Wonderkini fell seventy-four thousand dollars short. And were you dis- were you disappointed when the first Indiegogo campaign didn't go the way you wanted it to? Nope, it
1: didn't. It didn't go the way I wanted it to, because asking for seventy-five for one thing, asking for seventy-five thousand dollars.
2: That's too steep for them. Since you haven't had as much luck maybe finding a job elsewhere, you said you've applied at some other places, Um, is your idea basically that you're just going to start your own business so you can make your own money so that you can support yourself to, to pursue your dream ultimately? That's right. To an outsider, Scoop's dream of being a national news anchor or host may seem foolhardy. It would seem foolhardy for anyone, never mind a 34-year-old African-American man with autism. We rarely, if ever, see media personalities on television who exhibit anything other than a normative physical appearance, never mind a disability of any kind. Dr. Christopher Smith is a psychologist who specializes in helping people with autism learn how to more effectively interact and communicate with the world around them. He's been working with Scoop for a year and a half now. Scoop invited us to speak with him.
6: Uh, Well, the criteria include a number of challenges, but probably the biggest two are challenges in the social world uh, and with communication. Um, Those are uh, sort of the main two criteria of Asperger's. And and then the third piece would be uh, what we call a rigidity or an inflexibility around liking to do things the same way or having routines that they like to stick to. Um, So uh, Brian has some of those routines uh, but really where we've focused more is uh, in his uh, social skills uh, Brian's a, a, a great person to go out and make or meet new people start new relationships um, so we talk about helping him uh, manage those relationships uh, how often he should be keeping in touch with people uh, what's reasonable to ask people for when he's looking for help when he's out networking Um, And then uh, communication is the other area. So a lot of people with Asperger's or autism aren't um, maybe as comfortable as Brian are communicating with other people. Uh, Brian's really good.
3: Scoop has faced challenges in his life as a result of his autism. But together with Dr. Smith, he's been working to understand how to use his differences to his advantage.
6: Over the past 10 years, I've specialized in the area of autism and the highest functioning end of autism. Um, and I call my practice Autism Advantage because I think I give people a better uh, or more realistic maybe view of uh, the autistic brain and how it's uh, different neurologically than what we call neurotypical brains and um, how that can be a challenge, which everybody's heard of, but how that can also be an advantage to them. And things like their, their creativity, which you mentioned, their ability to uh, hyper-focus on something uh, once they put their mind to it. Um, even in terms of uh, emotionality, people with Asperger's or autism tend to be very good at being logical making logical decisions and not getting caught up in the emotionality of things. Um, so that's what I do in my practice is to help people realize how their brain is different and how that can be uh, an advantage for them in their lives. For many people with high-functioning
2: autism, technology can be a great asset in this
6: regard. But now with the, the, the rise of technology, I think it's given a whole new voice to people with autism because it's a very specialized field. Uh, technology works a lot like their brain does. Uh, it's very logical. It's uh, very systematic.
3: In other words, technology is catching up with autism.
6: So I, I do think that uh, you know the mindset is shifting a little bit where people now are realizing that uh, this isn't just a disability or a deficit, but people are realizing that um, there are great advantages to this brain type. And there are a few companies that are specifically trying to um, hire people with autism, and to do uh, uh, careers mainly in uh, information technology. But for Scoop,
3: while he's great with all the technology of broadcasting, from using the cameras and green
6: screens to editing
3: footage and adding music and effects, he aspires to something more, to be on camera.
2: Can you see the ways in which how Brian's brain might be different could be an advantage for him in terms of pursuing tv and and wanting to to be an anchor someday
6: yeah i definitely can uh i know a few of brian's big goals are um the closing clothing design business and then uh also getting uh, into journalism and and brian really has that uh hyper focused component where he's been set on this goal for years now and even though there have been a lot of um uh, maybe issues that have come up that where most people would have turned around and said, I'm going to do something else. Brian pushes on through them uh, and keeps going. So that, that tenacity I think is a, a big component for him. And then the creativity piece. I mean, just the way he's sort of branded himself uh, and, and picked out uh, parts of journalism from the past that he likes to reuse now and uh, the way he looks at his clothing creations it's just it's almost an innate ability to think outside the box that the rest of us are kind of stuck in for people with high-functioning autism.
2: But the question remains can the news catch up with Brian? Some of the professional
3: journalists in Denver believe so. Gregory Nieto, a 20-year veteran of broadcast news who now works for the Fox 31-CW2 duopoly, first took notice of Brian at a Denver Broncos game.
5: You recognize or notice all the characters and see this guy in a suit with glasses and neatly dressed with his little briefcase. And I think a lot of people, the first time you see him, you see that at a Bronco game, like, right? People are either drunk or they're wearing a wig and he just, uh, you know, businessman-like and natural-born star. I saw him on the Jumbotron, and then, you know, I'd start to see him every Sunday walking up the, you know, the stairs to the uh, top levels of the stadium, and um like, boy, who is that guy? And then, you know, one day we were doing a live shot out in front of the stadium, and he happened to be walking by. I'm like, i got to interview this guy. What did you guys talk about when you interviewed him? Uh, I, You know, what's crazy is, is he came – I came up just kind of like, hey, I'm so-and-so. Before I could even get his hand, he had said – you know he kind of has that voice. You know, you're Greg Nieto with Channel 2 and now Fox 31 Denver since 2011. Like, yes, that's me. <laughs> so, it was pretty cool. So, uh and that's, you know, our relationship immediately just I think with most people I I think he would say the same thing. We're we're friends, you know what I mean? We're
2: friends more than anything else. We asked Nieto if there was a way he could see Brian fitting in at a conventional news station like Fox 31 CW2 because I know how talented he
5: is. I could see him in a, a feature reporter role, uh, I think because of w- what I've mentioned before, I think he would be good not only in his delivery because it's so straight-laced, but again, I think the fact that he knows so much about any given subject or topic that I think you could throw him out there on a, on a story and he would know everything about that subject, but yet he, because of his delivery, I think he would draw out a lot of things from people that ordinarily he wouldn't get. So I think he'd be perfect for, you know, they just moved me back to the morning show. I think he'd be tailor-made for that sort of role.
3: There was nothing pandering or at all disingenuous about Nieto's response. Professional newscasters in particular seem to find Scoop's whole approach refreshing.
5: With news, not just being broadcast TV with, you know, of course, radio has always been there. But I mean, you know, the Internet and YouTube, as you'd mentioned, and stuff of that nature. I think you need you need that separate hook. And he, he has that hook. I mean, again, I'm, I'm just surprised he's not even um, more well known. Um, across the country. And I think it's only a matter of time, to be honest with you.
2: Scoop has landed interviews with many of the prominent news anchors and reporters in the Denver market. He's also endeared himself to Jessica Rao, a freelance web producer and designer, formerly of KWGN in Denver. She's now helping him make a more serious, professionally produced web news show called Scoop TV that hasn't yet launched. Rao says she met Scoop at Denver Open Media.
0: Oh, he's a character. I love him. <laughs> I think he's really um, a gem. Very entertaining and smart, very intelligent, and very ambitious. His drive is just really, and his aptitude is amazing. So I think there's definitely a possibility. Every time I show a clip of anything that he does to people, they're just drawn in and I think that's huge for television. People are are sick of just the standard news, and that's why we kind of created Scoop TV, is it's a fresh take where you can say different things that people like when they watch any of our episodes. They just like that it's fresh, you know, it's different.
3: In talking to industry insiders, it's clear that Scoop possesses something that TV news could use more of these days, as it struggles to remain relevant in the internet age. He's a character with a unique point of view who represents real diversity in a TV news industry dominated by telegenic, white,
2: neurotypical individuals. The qualities that 15 years ago might have barred Scoop from ever finding a place in the media landscape, his autism, his off-color sense of humor, his trademark outfits, his unpredictable interview style, are today some of his greatest assets. At a time when young people are more likely to tune into The Daily Show than the nightly news, it's easy to imagine how, with the right team, Scoop could create a program that might even have more appeal than the traditional TV news that he so admires. Gregory Nieto again.
5: Everything I've seen, I think he's just unique and unique in a in a in a good way, in a authentic way, and I think any more in TV, especially more than ever. I mean, I've been in the business about 20 years. People would just want someone who's who's authentic and genuine and true, and those are three things that he is.
3: But the question is, what kind of success does Scoop ultimately want? When asked that question specifically, he'll always say his dream is to anchor the evening newscast for Fox in New York. But what if his best shot at an on-camera career is in a less traditional role, one that he already has, and that he might have to continue to create for himself online? Scoop seems open to that possibility too and doesn't seem particularly troubled by this apparent tension. What he is troubled by though is the thought of failure. Having the difficulty communicating um, because of your Asperger's and autism. Yeah. Um, and then wanting to be a broadcast journalist, that presents two things that one would think were never going to be reconciled. That you would have that you should people would tell you to pick a different career, do something different, use your, your incredible memory talents. Why do you think that you still felt like this is something you can really do? And you have pursued it doggedly for, uh, for 13, 14 years now.
1: I get asked the same question by Anthony Pritchard and Anthony asked me, why would you, if he didn't do anything else, what else would you do? End my life.
2: For Scoop, failure is not an option, but success could perhaps mean a number of different things.
1: I've noticed that
3: you have a pretty easy way interviewing people and that you've had a lot of success interviewing other broadcast journalists. Is that something that you'd be interested in continuing if that could be a
2: career for you? I could, I would be interested in that as well, yep. If. If you couldn't be a news anchor, necessarily, would you be open to other kinds of programs? Or, you know, what like, what is, what is enough for you in terms of your career as a, on TV? Just on-camera
1: personality, leave it at that.
3: For Scoop to end up in front of the camera in his dream job at the national desk on Fox News, a major cultural shift will have to happen. Viewers will have to demand more visibly diverse anchors. Networks will have to see the value
2: in that diversity. Scoop, for his part, may have to prove it to them. Meanwhile, he struggles with his own ups and downs, and the pressures of living on a fixed income. The day after we last interviewed Brian in Denver, his backpack with a computer he'd rented from Denver Open Media and his personal hard drive got stolen while he was trying on clothes at a thrift store. He made arrangements to pay for it $50 a month over the next 12 months.
3: On days when he's really down, he turns to Facebook to vent, and he has a lot of supporters there. Sometimes he incorporates his frustrations into his videos, like this episode of the South Stands Denver Sports Minute. On
1: Saturday, January 12, 2013, the defense from Baltimore's Ravens was like actual Ravens, pecking and clawing through Peyton Manning and his Broncos offense, as if those birds were feasting on a dead animal. Where do you go from there? After being defeated like Peyton Manning was, how can you go on? Is there a reason to go on? For launching my clothing line here in Denver, it feels as if the Raven's defense knocked me down to the point where I'll never get up. But I've also looked into
2: investing- Those who've known him longest disagree about whether they think Scoop will ever reach his goal. Here's Brad Bisbee again.
3: Do you think he'll ever work for Fox News?
4: No. And I hate to say that, but I think there's almost no chance. But that's not because he's not going to try, right? It's because the system isn't going to let that happen. He will will forever try for that to happen.
3: But, Brad admits, he's been wrong about Scoop before.
4: If we had this same talk five years ago, and you said, do you think he's ever going to graduate PPCC and have... Some sort of television production-ish experience, I would have been like, no, or sure. even
3: move to Denver.
4: Yeah, I mean, they film him and he's there helping out day to day. I would have said no to that just as quickly as I said no. He'll never
2: make it to Fox, you right. know. Jeff Klaus is more optimistic that Scoop will someday get what he wants.
5: I have a, I have a lot of faith in that, and I think his move to Denver was great. He's got a larger exposure. I've seen through. uh Online media that he's gained quite a bit of popularity being up there. I really feel that he will find a a, a niche, a a place where his talents can be viewed by many, other than you know our friends or people on the street. Gregory
3: Nieto of CW2 Fox 31 in Denver.
5: It comes from the heart. I can tell it ever since he he got this uh, this urge that uh, everything has come from from the heart and he's he's going about it the right way and. He's a difference maker, and I hope that uh, no one ever tells him that he can't reach the top because someday he will.
2: As for Scoop, he has a message to all those he might encounter as he works toward his dream.
5: I would tell them,
1: don't judge a book by its cover. Don't, don't look at me as, I, as if I'm creepy. Don't, don't do any negative perceptions. Before you judge me, you gotta get to know me. Before you call me creepy, you gotta get to know me. Before you make any negative perceptions or judge me, you gotta get to know me. Hang around me for a while. The sign-offs. Good night and good luck. Walter Cronkite. And that's the way it is. The late Bob Palmer of KCNC Channel 4 here in Denver. It's always nice to have you with us on News 4. And the sign-offs from the anchor team of Bill Butel, Roger Grimsby of WABC New York. Roger Grimsby would say, Hoping your news is good news, I'm Roger Grimsby. And I'm Bill Butel. Good night, good luck and be well.
0: Anchor Dreams, The Passion of Scoop Nemeth, was produced by Noel Black and Jake Brownell for their podcast, Wish We Were Here, from KRCC. You can read a behind-the-scenes interview with Noel and Jake about telling Scoop's story at our website, thirdcoastfestival.org. You've been listening to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxey. The program is produced by Dennis Funk and curated by Johanna Zorn and Sarah Geis of the Third Coast Festival. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear more than 1,500 outstanding documentaries from around the world. And subscribe to our podcast. Support for ReSound comes from Emma, a web-based email marketing and communication service helping businesses and nonprofits manage their email campaigns and online surveys in style. More at myemma.com. Support for ReSound also comes from Frontera Grill, Topo and Shoco, serving handmade tortillas from organic Mexican heirloom corn. You can find more information, recipes, and inspiration at RickBayless.com. The Third Coast International Audio Festival is a nonprofit arts organization made possible with lead funding from the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Riva and David Logan Foundation and the National Endowment for the Arts. The Third Coast Festival is supported in part by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council Agency. Special thanks to our many individual contributors from Chicago and around the world. The Third Coast Festival, now an independent arts organization, was originally founded at WBEZ Chicago. If you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. You can also connect with us through Facebook and Twitter. ReSound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else.
4: That's the way it is. This is Walter Cronkite. Good night.